um, I think we're ready. Welcome, hello, to the Happy and Holy Podcast with your hosts, Jamie. That's me. And the gorgeous Wendy. Oh, oh. hello. Guys, I feel like um, welcome to episode three. And we're excited. We're super duper. Thanks for everyone who's been checking this out, hearing some great things, seeing some cool comments, people subscribing, people liking. We love it. And um, before I give you the rundown on where everywhere that we are being streamed or shown or um, broadcasted, I forgot to mention the past two episodes that we are also on YouTube. Like, I know I've mentioned it, but this is what I haven't mentioned. I think sometimes we do things like out of context without letting our like listeners, we have viewers, people who see, but then there's listeners and like, I get down with the whole download, you know, download a podcast, play it in your car, download the podcast, play it on your walk. And sometimes you're missing some of the references. Like we air quote, like, man, you don't get to see the air quote and the air quote is part of the, ah. and so um, I feel like moving forward, we'll try to be a lot more intentional with pointing out for our listening audience what we're doing um, on screen. But for those who are on YouTube and watching us on YouTube, hello. We welcome you. We like the, the YouTube spiel because I feel a little bit more connected because you can see us. I may not be able to see you, but you can see us. And, you know, we like that. We like being seen. I mean... I like when people can see exactly how furious I am. Sometimes it's not conveyed in the voice. But when I look over, I don't have a poker face. And I don't want to. I want you to know exactly how I feel. And I don't need <laughs> when to When you're seething, they need to see that. Mm-hmm. You can't feel it. They need to see it. Mm-hmm. And so we invite you to check us out on YouTube. Um, we are also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, um, a lot of the cool, like any of the podcast places that you uh, can think of, we are there. Um, some of my favorite places to have been on is iHeartRadio. I do love Apple Podcasts. Spotify's cool. Um, I feel like I'm missing another big, I, th- I feel like there's a big three and I'm missing one of them, but. Wherever you're listening, we encourage you um, to leave a comment, leave a like, hit the share, and also download. Does us, it does us really good. It does our heart good. Uh, but of course, if you are on YouTube, like and subscribe so that we can uh, say hi to our community. But we love the love that we've been receiving. Um, I'm sure we'll get on Facebook at some point. We are on Instagram at Happy and Holy Co on instagram happy and holy 
TV on YouTube and um, what is this called? The ampersand? Ampersand? Ampersand. Okay. That thing. That's how you'll find us immediately on YouTube. So when you say happy, ampersand, holy TV, you'll immediately find us. Our Um, website is also uh, accessible now. Whoa, we are live. We are live. Hit us up on the website, Mm happyandholyco.com. Yes, that's the one. See, that's the one. Guys, we're so excited. Thank you for coming back and checking us out on episode three. Episode three. And um, a lot has happened only because it's been a week. But we're excited. We're here. And um, we are... um, two pieces of a whole which is the happy and holy podcast of course as always happy and holy is a phrase that is has been coined by bulgaria's first rock star georgian banoff (laughs) one half of the um joy apostles georgian and winnie coco banoff People whom we dearly love. Uh, we dearly love the message that they carry. We dearly, dearly love um, the message that they are. Those two are living epistles and we cherish them. But the phrase happy and holy came from Georgian Banoff. And of course, I'm sure some of you guys are wondering where does the cocoa come in? Where do we hear about Winnie Banoff? Oh, trust and believe. You will hear. One does not get far without hearing of um, Coco Banoff. However, I'll get right to our to our tagline, which comes from Bulgaria's first rock star, um, which goes like this: "The world wants you happy, but not holy. Religion wants you holy, but not happy. But Jesus came." Oh, I'm saying it (laughs) to make you both. (laughs) To make you both. Jesus came to make you both. Hallelujah. So that is happy and holy where it had been birthed. It has been birthed out of the the river and the river of gladness. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That is happy and holy and how it came about just came. It came from the joy apostles who want you to know that the the possibility of being both happy and holy is attainable. And so we are here to tell you that it's attainable and it's available to you. I also just want to note how much humility there is in joy. Because when you are joyful in the Lord, I think especially in American culture, and I'm sure most cultures can relate to this, to be struggling or busy or like furrowed brow, just any kind of um, emotion or activity that looks strenuous um, or unhappy, it it's like rewarded. It's seen as, oh, like because you struggled, you deserve whatever. Mm-hmm. Because you were working through something and it was difficult, then you earn this. Right. But how much humility is there in joy if you can just be joyful in the Lord and then be on the receiving end of all of his promises? 
it makes it so clear that it wasn't you that earned anything he said, first of all, because it's covenanted to us in his word, has nothing to do with us. It, it was there before most of us existed and will be enduring forever long after we're gone. So it's it's said and done and it, it's done, but how many people in religion want to get all like serious But if you get all serious in order to pursue the things of God and then you get them, you can kind of take credit for it. Oh, yeah, that's good. But if you're laughing your your butt off on the way to the promise, you and everybody around you knows you had nothing to do with that. (laughs) And when you take it out of your own hands and give it completely unto the Lord, guess who does it better? Yeah. Guess who does it better on their own without your help? joy is probably the most humble attitude and feeling you can have in pursuit of God. That's super good. I never thought about equating joy and humility, but it does take, it takes a lot of humility to be joyful because you're laying down your right to understand in the face of circumstances. Um, circumstantially right even if we think about paul writing writing the letter to the philippian church from jail that takes a lot of humility to be joyful while in jail like he has every right to be angry to be sad to feel betrayed abandoned everything but he chose joy mm-hmm. and so that's wild joy and humility that's that's something uh that's something to sip on for a little bit yeah i need to definitely soak in that a bit more oh yeah Oh, that yeah. was not something I actually that have ever occurred to me when I said it. It was literally just an all of a sudden drop in my spirit. So there's definitely more where that came from that the Lord <laughs> wants to, to talk about. Yeah, that's good. Hallelujah. Yeah. Um, we'll be sipping and soaking on that one for a little bit. Well, we believe that the world needs Jesus and the church needs joy. So whatever we can do in between to help that to happen, by all means, we are here. And that's what makes us happy and holy. And we're going to be making a shirt that says the world needs Jesus and the church needs joy. The world needs Jesus and the church needs joy. So keep an eye on our merch store. Oh, because our website is live. um, We're happy to be here. Thanks for coming back and checking us out um, in all things. We do. Um, we're kind of here to serve you, but as always, this is just our, our phone call turn podcast, right? This is, we are letting you in to what it sounds like to be on a five hour phone call, um, with Jamie and Winnie. And so here we are. Um, the conversation is open to everyone. Our hope is to broadcast everything that is holy and everything that is happy. There's no age limit. No uh, gender exclusion. We're here and uh, <laughs> and we're ready. And so with that, we uh, will kick it off. Um, Jamie, did you hear? Uh-huh. Oh, did you hear? Did you know that Cleopatra isn't black? I did. Yeah, she's Greek. Oh. Uh. 
So she looks more like you than than me? Probably, yeah. I mean, I'm I don't know, most people maybe don't know, but I am mostly Middle Eastern. And uh so yeah, she probably was far more akin to looking like me than like you. <laughs> well, I mean, I had my suspicions, but I mean, there's like this whole tizzy that everybody's in over this Cleopatra documentary that was going to I thought documentaries in order to be a documentary actually had to be factual documentaries are about actually filming something as it's happening it's not possible to make a documentary about someone who's dead you'd have to make a biopic oh wow Mm -hmm. well wouldn't a biopic have to be factual (laughs) it would well technically a biopic is supposed to be factual but I think we've seen that media definitely takes its liberties with people's lives. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll tell you who they're not going to take liberties with. It's Cleopatra. And you know who's suing them? <laughs> the Egyptians are actually suing Netflix for their depiction of Cleopatra because uh, for some reason... Jada Pickett Smith decided to wake up one day and become a director and she wanted to put together this um, project where she was going to be telling the story of Cleopatra and she insisted that Cleopatra would be black and so you know she has all these people being like no she's black she's black she's black this historian says she's black she's black she's black she's black she's black she's black and the Egyptians are not having it um so they went after her and well they went after her through netflix and so an egyptian lawyer on sunday filed a lawsuit against netflix and was like ayo you are appropriating um and stop trying to erase the egyptian identity of cleopatra now what's making them cover the whole thing with cleopatra i have no idea no idea i just it's i have a theory Okay. So basically, if you have ever, uh, I'm so sorry, but I have to go here. If you ever meet anybody who is into anything of the occult, they're going to go in several directions. They're either going to go in the like druidic, like UK part of the world um, type of occult, um, or they're going to go... Um, a lot of times they'll go into, um, probably the main ones would be, um, the, the Druidic and then the like Babylonian. Yes. The Egyptian occult is one of the main ones that when you meet someone who starts to give themselves over to that they'll start to get an obsession with one of those usually. And like, so when someone develops an intense um, kind of affinity for any kind of ancient religion, it's they've opened an occult door and whichever door that whatever demonic entity has decided to use that person Right. Um, whoever's hijacking them 
it doesn't matter which one they choose so much, just as as long as it gets them into the occult and away from Jesus. Yes. What, regardless of where you stand on that, we all agree that the blood of Jesus is what breaks them and nothing else does, number one. And number two, these demons just think they have a right to people who are in Christ. Now, obviously, yes. Jada, they probably actually do have the right. Yes, with her totally handed over mm. so totally handed over i think this is just her thing of like you know her occultic journey her affinity has been towards the egyptian um persuasion and yeah. she's just following that as a passion personally but then also wanting to expose others to it and deceive them as well right mm Dude, that's wild that they just want to come up with this. Um, well, that answers my question as to, like, why all of a sudden are you dealing with Cleopatra? But then when you circle it back to mm-hmm. oh, the disrespect of Israel, kind of yep. makes sense. Over and over again, they're always they're always throwing shade on Israel. Um, what a crazy thing. And then so an Egyptian lawyer is going after Netflix for Cleopatra because they're like, yo, you're appropriating our queen, right? In the same sense, um, Disney is being berated for their casting of Lilo and Stitch. Okay, so now, now you first you have Netflix being like, "Hey," and I'm sorry, not Netflix, but hey, you have the general public being like, "Yo, you can't make because the, the social the social media mob." was an all in a tizzy about Cleopatra, right? They're like, stop making everything black. Stop making everyone black. It's unnecessary. Stop it. Okay? Now, we're finding out that Disney, <laughs> um, in light of colorism, now Disney is being berated because in their casting of Lilo and Sitch, live action, that's supposed to be coming out, I think, next year, the social media mob is still not happy <laughs> because um, the older sister, Nani, is being casted by, I, I, I don't know, her name is like Sydney something Asian. And, um, or maybe, maybe, hopefully. I, I'm not even going to try to say her last name because I, I thought it was something Asian. Um, watch us be canceled because I, you know, went after her. <laughs> but anyway, um, she's not Hawaiian. She's not dark enough for them. So um, there, there's no appeasing these people. And this is why in Happy and Holy, we appeased the crowd because we are both black and white. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we, we're playing to the narrative. <laughs> I didn't we know. We played your narrative and we won because not only are we black and white, but you can't assume our race just by looking at us. Yeah. Also, we're women. We are genuine XX chromosomes over here. No misogyny here. No. And uh, no colorism here. So try and cancel us. But anyway, so (laughs) Disney is like, hey, this girl's too light. And, you know, well, the Disney mob is like, yo, this girl's too light. Lilo and Stitch, she needs to be dark. She's Hawaiian. And then, um, you know. The general public, the Egyptians are like, Ayo, Cleopatra actually belongs to us. 
that is our queen and she may be olive at darkest olive at best at but best. homegirl at best but homegirl's not black so i bet she was really hairy too knowing that she oh, was she had to be. This oh really she had to be. and egyptian shaved as well okay yeah they sense. used razors i mm-hmm. think they used a lot of honey probably yeah on the note of the um lilo and stitch casting it makes more sense to if i were choosing say if someone was like you're casting for lilo and stitch it's a hawaiian family who are you going to choose the black person um and that's first of all let's not even talk about how they didn't even narrow that down by country because (laughs) because if you ever call a haitian african-american they will slap you and that's happened in I'm just saying that happens, okay? So anyway. Like if you're going to cast, cast rightly because people are coming for you. I'm just saying. Yeah, and that's honestly, it is more accurate. It is just more accurate to cast someone from a closer body of land. Honestly, it's it'd be more accurate to cast a Californian at that point. At that point, probably would be darker. <laughs> um, this is a little like this is a little flyby of a did you hear? But Tucker Carlson got fired. Well, okay, hold on. Don Lemon was fired. Tucker Carlson parted ways. I don't know why these two, um, I'm not sure why these two pillars for their news network were both let go on the same day. I mean, I could imagine why. I know Tucker had this this stuff going on with the lawsuit, whatever, that didn't directly involve him, but he kind of, he needed to be the one let go so that they can like, we have to make things right. I'm air quoting, by the way. And so, um, Anyway, Don Lemon is Don Lemon. I choose not to say anything mean about him right now, right now, but um, because he just got fired, but I will, I'll let him be, but I will say this, James O'Keefe also went through this like weird tangent where like the very company that he founded, his own board kicked him, like fired him, like his own board fired him off of the company that he founded. So I'm calling you right now, James O'Keefe and Tucker Carlson, if they make their way over to the Daily Wire. I will finally buy a membership. Now, here's the thing. I already love you guys. I love you guys dearly. I love Matt Walsh, Team Walsh all the way, praying for his family and their protection. And um, I love Candace. I love Ben. I do love Benny. I love Benny a lot. Um, however, you will have me sold if if Tucker goes over to Daily Wire. I'm not sure you can afford him. He's a little pricey. But that will be crazy. But if Tucker and James O'Keefe, listen, let me tell you right now. If those two join forces, there will be no stone left unturned. There will be no stone left unturned because you don't have to play by anybody's rules when you just like own your own media company, which we're aspiring to do one day. We really do be needing to own our own media companies just out there. If you're thinking about starting a media, have that goal in mind to have your own company. And if anybody's like looking to intern, into like an up-and-coming startup media company email us at happy and holy co 
<laughs> at Gmail. This this is happening. This. <laughs> <laughs> Any interns want to work for a startup company? This is going to be a production studio. It's going to happen. And so, anyway, so Tony Carlson, I love the guy. I mean, it's wild what's happening. Just people just like letting people go left and right. And, uh, but I love that it doesn't have to be end of his story. But I will say that Fox can kiss their ratings goodbye. I don't even watch Fox News, okay? I don't even watch Fox News. But I'm telling you right now, I knew that Tucker Carlson was a name. And he he was attached to every major story that happened within the last three years, actually. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of crazy. Don Lemon, whatever he's going to do. I mean, he'll probably get hired by BET or something. But like, <laughs> as far as like Tucker, come on, Tucker, shoot for the stars. We're rooting for you, so. Daily Wire, call him up. I feel like this is, I'm watching like a trade happen in my favorite team. I'm like, come on, come on, which I still don't even know where Aaron Rodgers got traded to. And I probably don't know because I have been living under a rock when it comes to sports. Sports has gone completely woke on me. And now I can't just watch somebody. Um, now I can't just watch somebody play a sport that they're really good at. Um, I have to listen to their political agenda, to which I echo the words of, of Trump shut up and dribble um anyway my my tangent's done with that i do have one more did you hear though oh really i do i have one more did you hear listen mike todd was kind of his church was kind of walling on easter right so they did this whole thing with like they had these girls twerking they had a female jesus they were doing all this stuff right and they were like it's for evangelism and like people are like nah okay like you may be able to pull a lot of things on christians but you cannot pull this over us okay um christianity has gotten pretty progressive but there is one thing you cannot fool them on and girls twerking on stage is not unto uh the harvest let's just say that and so because uh the veil wasn't completely pulled over everybody's eyes um todd mike todd issued an apology except it wasn't him who issued the apology. no yeah he sent like a maybe a church admin i don't know some lady but she was just like addressed the whole situation i'm like what is with this man and taking ownership of like yeah it's just like weird stuff that's happening but oh yeah easter was walling and, and nobody was buying it like no one was buying it saying that it was like that it was an evangelism um it was evangelism tactic and final thing i say about that they tried to condone their method by saying that from that service 500 people gave their heart to the lord that's not the truth ellen actually no that's not the truth ellen do i have that sound but they tried to be like hey listen i know we kind of um i know we've kind of pushed the limits here but hey 500 people give gave their heart to the lord i think first of all we need to talk about when people receive salvation it's if you don't know what you're agreeing to you didn't agree to it Mm-mm. because God respects boundaries. That's the reason why people aren't just born into Christ when they're birthed as babies. It's a decision that you make. 
And in order to make that decision, you have to use your will to agree to it. So if you have not been presented with the real gospel, you're not in agreement with it and you're not actually yielding your will to the Lord. That's really good. Because he does honor our wishes. If someone heard what was not the gospel and agreed with not the gospel, then he honors that wish. I have a tragic story of my own where my church that my mother went to growing up would not allow you to receive Jesus when you were under the age of like 15 or 16. I grew up in that church wanting to be saved, very upset that I couldn't be. I was also very shy. So when I even started coming to of age to ask the like an adult, like, hey, can I get saved was extremely terrifying to a shy 14-year-old to start that process. I went to Bible camp summers worshiping, wanting to be saved, feeling God was so close and never being able to receive him. And the thing that is so painful about that is that because I believed I couldn't receive him, the Lord also had to honor that because he has chosen to give us that free will. He's chosen to restrict himself. So all those years growing up, I was never saved. And I even asked the Lord recently, I was like, was I ever saved before? He was like, no, you weren't. But it it was because I believed I wasn't allowed because I wasn't old enough. Mm. And so I was never, I never was presented with a salvation prayer until I went to church at age 21. So unfortunately, my desire for Jesus was a hundred percent there. And yet I was not saved because I didn't come into agreement with the gospel message and giving myself to Jesus. Yeah. I, I think, unfortunately, what likely happened here is that people were not presented with the gospel message and because they were not given the right boundaries with which to operate with God, right? they never were able to allow God into a place where he, they actually yielded their authority to him. Right. Yeah. Um, you would have to, I mean, it tells you like in Romans, right? Like, well, it tells you like those who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved, but what do you need to believe? Right. And in Romans 10, it'll say, it has said that like, you have to believe in the gospel. So you have to believe that Jesus is Lord, that he, he died, he rose from the dead and, um, believe that he come into your heart invite him into your heart and you'll be safe all of that is in romans 10 um the idea of repenting renouncing all of these things right I'm not sure that was all <laughs> it was you know like there has to be a dialogue here and we're not talking about just filling out a card and just like do you want to be safe check yes or no 500 498 499 500 be wow 500 people give their heart to the lord and so it's wild that it that 
that was like the intention that 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 was like kind of like the excuse you're absolutely right jamie like in order for you to receive the gospel the gospel has to be preached to you and um so the gospel is not women twerking on a stage um to a newly produced rap song that was trying to tell you about the lord i don't know but can um, I just say to yes. like to to resort to music and popular dancing makes Mike Todd come across as very insecure, both in himself and of Jesus Christ. He and- has said that the reason why he did the play, air quoting here, is because he doesn't normally preach on Sundays. I mean, he doesn't normally preach on Easter, so he did the play. To me, this this is coming across as ashamed of the gospel and ashamed of Jesus Christ and insecure in and of himself. It's it reeks of fear of man. Yeah, I mean, this is this is not the episode and where we poo poo on Mike Todd, but I will say that he also is the same guy who was like apologizing for what the Bible says about homosexuality because he's like, I didn't I didn't make the rules like and you can go find a video for yourself. I'm not here to like I don't even care to play his content on here but he's like he wished he knew like he wished that the bible said better things about homosexuality but he was just kind of like hey if you don't like it talk to the manager that was like his attitude about it because he was like i hate what it i mean i don't like what it has to say but i didn't i didn't write the bible you know what i'm saying i'm just here to preach it to you actually say he didn't like it he was very much like no i didn't i didn't write the rules it's like you know what i mean if I have to go tell my my brother that mom said you had to clean the dishes, don't talk to me. I'm just the messenger, you know? So Mike Todd was playing the whole, like, I'm just the messenger. You know what I mean? What did Paul say in Romans 1? I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel because the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. The power of God unto salvation. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Um... I'm just looking for where Paul was like, Ayo, you have to believe this. Okay. I'm not here to tell you that you're not saved or, or anything like that. Please don't be hearing what I'm not saying. Because you guys, you like to put things in between the lines, whatever. I'm just telling you that you can't receive the gospel. The gospel's not preached to you. In this, um, in this instance, okay, you're saying 500 people, blah, blah, blah. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, my fat bible uh now brothers i must remind you of the good news which i proclaimed to you and which you received on which you have taken your stand and by which you're being saved provided you keep holding fast to the message i proclaimed to you for if you don't your trust will have been in vain okay so um paul's like your faith has to be in the gospel that i proclaim to you i preach to you and your trust needs to be on that because I preach the gospel to you. And if you don't believe in it, everything else, what you believe is in vain. Believe in the gospel. And so you're bringing up an excellent point just about having needing the gospel being preached. Because if not, what do you, what did you receive? <laughs> Ooh, what did you Ooh. receive? And so um, that's, all. that's all I have to, that's all I have to say about that. But just, that there. just, just you know 
just gonna drop it again. This isn't the the poo poo on my Tacho. Just saying that. Listen, you guys have got to fill your ears with people who preach the gospel. Okay, we are not here to be preachers. We're just entertaining you. We're just people who love the Lord. We love you. We're out here sharing whatever we have. We're out here having a good time, and we hope you are too. But you have got to start listening to people who preach the gospel. What's the gospel? It's Christ and him crucified. That's the gospel. Nothing more, nothing less. It's not Christ and, it's not Christ but, it's not Christ dot, dot, dot. Um, It's Christ and him crucified. And that's it. And I know we'll touch the whole generational curses later, but I heard like a message like a week ago where someone was trying to preach Christ and. Yeah, I mean, you are saved. And yeah, there is the cross, but generational curses so you have to blah 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 and and what do you mean there's no but there's no and and there's no but is christ and him crucified is the cross enough then it's enough don't preach to me that the cross is enough and then tell me i have to take a five-step program or i need somebody to lay hands on me or i have to physically i have to renounce something like all of that good practices but when you preach to me the cross when you preach to me christ and him crucified i'm taking you at your word and so you've got to listen to people who are preaching Christ. Listen, if they're not preaching the gospel behind the pulpit of the church you go to and the group that you attend, you need to get out of there. Because the, the only thing that's going to that's gonna stand at the end of days is the gospel. Okay? The word of the Lord endures forever. But you have to know what the gospel is. Paul says, Romans 1.16, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power to save unto salvation. Blah, 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 first the Jew and then the Gentile, going on and on and on. You have got to listen to the gospel. You need to fill your ears with the gospel. Get, of course, get into your word. Of course, get along with God. But if you're entrusting people to teach you and you're letting them teach you, let them feed you the bread and the wine. Let them give you Christ, true food and true drink. Nothing more and nothing less. And what, what's setting us off and what has us like, you know, it's we're, we, we have satirical, satirical lingo. It's satirical language. This is, has hints of satire when we talk because we have to make light of things because how else are you supposed to deal with it? But the truth is like it's comedic what's out there sometimes because these, these people are just like willing to, to, to stand for something less, something inferior to the gospel. I think God is a lot more concerned about what I'm living for rather than what I'm dying to. And mm. so when it comes to the gospel, I just, I want to, I want to hear Christ and that's what we want you to feed. We want to feed to you. And so um, this beautiful news that we got from Jamie about the website being live. So excited. We will point you to the resources that again, we're still students. Not everything we say has to be like set in stone. We're just here to be resources to you. And so we'll point you in a direction. Um, you know, I'll, I would probably start with a little Geo and Coco, little ban off. Um, I think too, you know, I, I know I myself, and I believe you are too, and I've definitely seen this in Geo and Coco, that we are dedicated to being lifelong students and honestly probably eternity long students because there will be so much even more to see and know of God but the way to keep growing is to consistently acknowledge that you don't know it all and 
there's a possibility that in the process of learning, you may be wrong. You may even hold to a wrong belief for a season or more, but we keep striving to know the pure gospel in its fullness as much as possible this side of heaven. And I'm honored to see people who I consider teachers and leaders to me, them, they themselves being students of the word and learning from the people around them as well. And that's the sign of someone who is consistently, not just consistently growing, but is not going to fall behind either. Because the second anyone thinks they've arrived, be it in mm-hmm. ministry or knowledge of God or in a career path, that is the moment they begin to fall behind. You're right. So thank yeah. you for for stating that we're students. It's something that we will always be. I will I will always and one thing I will always defer to is first Corinthians two two, resolving to know nothing but Christ and him crucified. And I mean, the Amplified will go, goes on and on and on about, I resolve to know nothing, to be acquainted with nothing, to make a display of nothing, like nothing but Christ and him crucified. And that's the place that I stay. Also, a lot of like the people that we like mention, um, we are not representatives of what they entirely believe. We are of our own people, but um, we will, we love to drop the names of people that we admire, people that we honor, people that we love, people that we trust and these are the people that you know I'm not like an affiliate program for any (laughs) any speaker or or gospel preacher but I'll tell you that when there's people that I I would stand behind and I would follow into the pits into the ends of the earth there are some people and you'll hear their names over and over and over and over and over again and we'll point you to resources of these people but anyway ultimately get in the word one two get into community who loves the word (laughs) three get yourself into a congregation a community of jesus loving people who 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 love the gospel Mm -hmm. and if you're going to trust the leader listen listen to his messages and look look for christ and him crucified not elements not an essence not you know as as a six-week sermon that has like all these attributes of christ but don't preach christ i'm talking about christ and him crucified and so i will I'll leave it at that as well because I will go on forever. I love the gospel and it deserves to be displayed over and over and over again. But do you have a did you hear from me? Just the one. Oh, what you so, Wenny, did you hear that Lou Engel is currently ingesting communion, possibly communion only, but he is presently eating at least the bread of the body Mm. and the wine of Jesus' blood. Mm. He has released some communion-related content on his page (laughs) Um, within the past few weeks, a couple of pieces of media, and it seems that even if he is fasting, probably has a few fasted days a week as part of his lifestyle. But even if he is, he is at least ingesting 
the communion bread and wine. He's ingesting. I know you were worried about his nutrition, but don't worry. He's, no, he's it's good to know. taking in the communion, probably Ooh. as we speak. As we speak. Mm-hmm. Listen, I'm here for it. Probably got up in the middle of the night, went over to the kitchen, got some kala, poured himself a glass of Cabernet. Yeah, I was wondering what wine he did. Well, yeah, he's a, he's a cab guy. I he He's the type of guy that would take a sip of a cab and say, the yolk has just the right toast. Yeah. If he's not. Mm-hmm. Like the Jewish men at the Wailing Wall. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's actually, is that why he does that? Yes, I believe so. Now, don't quote me. I didn't know this. I thought it was just to stress me out personally. No, no. And it wasn't for abs either. He just is Jewish men at the Wailing Wall. Those, has someone told those Jewish men that they don't need to be doing that anymore? And neither. I mean, there's a lot of things that Jewish men don't have to do anymore, but I'm not sure they'll listen. And if the Jewish men don't have to do it anymore and the church wants to tell them, hey, you don't have to do this anymore, why is the church doing it? listen as my spiritual mama has said to me once we're doing no justice to the Jews by acting like them oh that's good and if we're to provoke the Jews into jealousy we we don't have anything to convince them if we look like them and so while you churches have your Maranatha nights and your Maranatha walls the cry out that you have is the very the same cry of the Jewish people. So you might see somebody at the Wailing Wall. Let's go. Hey, new here? Oh yeah. yeah. Also, so, it's a little bit weird to me to stick to a Jewish behavior that isn't really represented in Scripture. Agreed. <laughs> so it's just a work of the flesh. Hey flesh is all they know sometimes you know it starts with the circumcision and so if it have not cut it off cut it off but you know i know a lot of people uh, i will not i will not push this button however i will say i'm gonna push this button you're marrying off the nights the marrying off the wall all these things um it, you're you're preaching distance and separation from someone you're in union with and so when you're in the same context of the Jews of like, oh, surely he's coming soon and he's coming again. We know Jesus is returning. The Jews are waiting for the Messiah to actually come. And so when you are looking like them, you're not doing a lot of provoking unto jealousy. And so it's the only, it's the only thing. I mean, how confusing does it have to be to a Jewish person to see some of the things that we do as Christians? And they're like, you you do believe that he came, right? <laughs> like sometimes the way that we act, the Jews are like, so did he come or not? Do That's you? why they're like, he didn't come. Right. The way, the way we be acting. Um, I, oh. I do want to briefly explain um, the Maranatha wall because oh, it yeah. is a, a, f- a phrase that I coined. And oh, yeah. um, just so that our hearers and viewers understand Maranatha wall is something that is most evident during worship. 
-hmm. If you go to any church, this could, this can be without worship as well, but it's, it's very evident within it. If you go to any church and in the worship, they seem like they're just like, Oh Lord, come save me, please. We beg of you, please come and save us. This victim mentality. But here's the thing. We were called to be partakers of the divine nature. Hello. And that's in either first or second Peter. I'm so sorry. When books have a sequel, I get confused. But as a partaker of Jesus's nature, Jesus never acted like a victim. Even as a man, he never acted like a victim. He always walked in authority. And we're called to be partakers of his nature and we're called and i think most christians regardless of denomination will agree we're called to become every day more and more like christ so it doesn't look like christ to ask like him to rescue you when he's already given you what you need he's given you everything and he's asked you to become like him which means you walk in authority that is a part of his character that is important that everyone develops. It's just as important as say being kind to your neighbor, <laughs> as being generous, yes. as being loving to people who you don't like. All of these things, we, we'll look at those and we'll be like, oh yes, I should be generous. I should love people. But did you know that it's also important for you to re reflect the character of Christ by being in authority? Mm-hmm. It's just as important as part of his character. You cannot split up the parts of his character and say one is more important than the other unless it is love. But if it is love, love is the seed of all of the behaviors and the attributes that Jesus has. Yes. So it it is just as important to, to grow up into authority because authority is not just about operating as an authoritative person authority says i trust that mm. jesus did what he did and what he said i trust that what father god said through the scriptures is true mm. and i will act and operate according to trust in god's character in the truth of his word and in and in who he made us in Christ. Yes. Trust in the work that Christ did that it is powerful enough to change me. So walking in authority is not about just being authoritative, it's actually saying I trust God. And when you look at trust Abraham trusted God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Romans 4, yeah. So trusting in God now is important because we're allowed in this covenant to step into exactly what Abraham stepped into before the covenant was established in this world. Though right. Jesus is the lamb slain before the foundation of the world, which is why he was able to partake of this covenant. His faith put him in Christ before 
Christ was slain in this world. Yes. And when we are given the opportunity for salvation and then the opportunity to walk within Christ, we are given the opportunity to have the same experience that Abraham had, that Mm. we would trust God and Mm. it would be credited to us as righteousness. We can believe it for salvation no problem. Oh, I believe that now I, when I die, I'll go to heaven because I trusted that in God. But mm-hmm. are you going to let your trust stop there? Or are you going to believe the fullness of what God said to you? Right. Rather than just the insurance package. Amen. Yeah. So all that to say the Maranatha wall is when a church is acting like a victim rather than joyously enjoying their authority in Christ when they act like whether in worship or in the way that they speak they act like there is like you said a distance between them and Christ and a distance between the promises of God and Christ rather than taking the word and arming themselves with it and defending the the word and defending the promises in the word over their lives and the lives of those that they love. They're begging for the words that are already established to be given to them when they're already sealed in the blood of Christ. And this creates within worship, what can be felt, especially when you recognize it, the Maranatha wall, which is this resistance that keeps you from the fullness of glory that's already available. And what's very frustrating is if you can see in the spirit or sense in the spirit, you will see the frustration of angels, Mm -hmm. the frustration of the Holy Spirit, this blockage. And the blockage is not coming from God. It's coming from the congregation. It's coming from people because people have the authority on this earth. The earth has been given unto the sons of men. Dominion. Exactly. And that's, again, walking in authority. So- Mm -hmm. All, this tension will create the Maranatha wall. Yeah. And it makes you look and feel things differently. Mm-hmm. You definitely see things. You see, you definitely see things differently. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, Mar- the Maranatha wall is the uh, Christian equivalent to the Wailing Wall. And um, as they wait at the Wailing Wall for the coming of their Messiah, we have ours that, come, that came and he's coming again. And so your Maranatha wall is the get me out of here Jesus card. Like you just are constantly like, this world sucks and we can't wait for you to come back and make things right. These evil elites, Lord, you got to come and you got to slay them all. When he has empowered us as sons and daughters who are walking in the fullness of their identity as creation is groaning and waiting for us to walk in the fullness of our identity, the realization of our identity, according to Romans 8. Um, while all of that happens, we're stuck at the Maranatha wall, the prefer- proverbial Mar- Maranatha wall, waiting for him to rescue us out of the very things that he empowered us to fix, to make right on earth as it is in heaven. And so, yeah, like satirically, I'm saying the Maranatha wall because I'm making fun of your 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 distance. You're preaching distance and separation. You're preaching the rescue mission that you want Jesus to do when he already did it. He did it when he first came. And so, um, as I said before, the Lord is more interested in your living for him rather than you're dying for him. And so live for him now while you're here and live as if Christ came live as if he, he, as if he empowered you live, um, as 
the as in the faith of him being our faith now that the fullness is can't came which is him but live in that faith and i love talking about abraham and i, I won't go there because just uh but faith in him and live i mean even that faith that abraham abraham had wasn't even unto salvation it was the faith that he had that he was going to have a son and that his descendants would be as numerous as the stars. And as you're talking about, if you're going to have faith for that, if you're going to have faith for this, like why not have faith for your healing? Why, why not have faith for reconciliation? Why not have, why not have faith for your city? Why does your city have to go to hell in a handbasket? It doesn't have to because you're there. Mm -hmm. And so get off your man off the wall, go start interceding for your city, get off your man off the wall, start serving your city get off your Maranatha the wall and actually maybe go to a church service and see the Lord do these things differently. Cause listen, everybody acts like, Oh, we know that Christ is returning because of how bad everything is. However, we know what the fulfillment has to be in order for him to return. No. Does that mean that we know the hour and a day? No, 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 no. But there are things that he's asking for us to do. We have a honey do list and there's things that he's asking us to do and fulfill before he returns. And us, crying at the whale at the Maranatha wall while he's telling us that we have everything within us to go into ye all the world and preach the gospel um kind of seems like uh we're not doing our list and so <laughs> one of the attributes of the kingdom is joy and so we might want to find a new wall to chill on Woo, that'll do it <laughs> <laughs> so we can tap into the kingdom for those who intend to continue listening to us, we will, of course, continue this conversation. This this will be an, an endless discussion, and you will hear the term Maranatha wall many, many times, many times. throughout this podcast life, I am certain. Yes, but we will not talk about it this time because we have another segment. All right, so I, it's spring. It's April. May's coming. With May comes Mother's Day. All the in between, all the bad sales at Target, all the marketing that Hallmark will do, all the awful Lifetime movies. Um, and that's not the reason why I dread spring. I actually dread spring because with spring, and with Mother's Day, comes the forbearing shadow of women's conferences i didn't know women's conferences had a season uh, for the most part i think they try to tie it into motherly things okay because what says women like flowers flowers and tea and crumpets and pink see this is why people are gender confused this is why. They don't like crumpets and they think, I'm not a woman. I can't be, possibly be a woman. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just, it makes me cringe. I mean, there are some great, now let me say this before I go, I go any further because I, I already feel you guys manifesting. <laughs> I do not equate women's ministries or tacky women's ministries tacky women's conferences with powerful 
women preachers, okay? Mm-hmm. It's actually a travesty that we would have such powerful women preachers, pastors, evangelists, um, entrepreneurial women. Like, we have all these women represented in the kingdom. And then when we all gather, it's like the fire goes out. And I'll I'll leave that there. And so um, I just, it's like hard. And I don't know where did we go wrong when it comes to the gathering of women. Because when I read about women in the Bible, okay, I'm not even talking about OT. Them OT women, like, listen, you thought Zena, the warrior princess was intense. Talk about Jael. You talk about um, Deborah. You talk about Ruth. Those were, that's, Zena would have dreamed of being those women, okay? But even if you take it to the New Testament, the faith that these women had to have, okay, to be the women who were at the foot of the cross, who stayed, okay, at the foot of the cross, when all the men scattered, the women were there. For Mary Magdalene to be the woman waiting at the tomb, looking for Jesus because she's, she's like, he said he'd be back in three days, okay? You think of Fotini, the woman at the well, who immediately took the message and not and did not just like ponder the message. She took the message, took the gospel, ran to the village and evangelized. Okay. Thinking of Lydia and thinking of all of these other um apostolic women in the New Testament. Where did we go wrong? <laughs> other than I know that they had um, I don't want to say demonized, but like women had kind of been demoted to being second-class citizens and they had to reconstruct how they saw women um, considering that they were mixing a little Gentile behavior and then they were, they were near Rome and how Rome were handling women and all these things. Although Jesus came and rectified all that, it only took how many ADs for, (laughs) for that to, for that to be um, redacted. And so I don't know, and I don't know if you have an answer for this either, but where did we go wrong to where like our women's conferences are these weepy um, counseling sessions full of bad theology? I don't know how it got to this point, but what I will say firstly is that condescension breeds stupidity. And we talked about this earlier mm-hmm. today privately. So sorry for the viewers that um, feel like they're missing out on, on an inside joke. But it's, it's very apparent that when you condescend to people, when you, when you have any expectations of people, they will meet them be they high or be they low, if you set expectations and you make those expectations clear, people will meet them. Mm. Um, Which is really great when it comes to, say, having expectations of your employees and deciding you're going to expect more out of them Mm. or um, in a classroom to raise those expectations and watch your students meet them. But unfortunately, it happens a lot in the church. And the church by and large, especially um, in the West, has been condescended to, both men and women. Yeah. yeah. And I think that, unfortunately, because of really bad theology, 
women are condescended to more. And unfortunately, the church played into the culture of how women are seen rather than viewing them biblically. Right. So probably where this all began, someone trying to speak into culture and in that matching the world's condescension to women. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I mean, I constantly think about um, where the decline started and when did women start to tolerate something, which I'll, um, I will, I'll put a comma there and say this really interesting thing that I thought about over, over the past week. I was listening to um, a creator. I was listening to a creator on TikTok who he's just, he's ham. He's just so amazing. He nails every point that he tackles. I don't want to mention his name because he's not the purest of creators and he's quite vulgar. And so I don't want to, although I want to give him props and just say he's, he's brilliant. I just don't want to point you in that direction because yeah. So he talked about, um, I don't know, like if you just have noticed how weird it is that the biggest battle for the community is that it's the trans women who demand the respect and the trans women who demand to be validated accepted um that's so masculine of them that's so misogynistic of them to force their way into a community but it's so interesting that it has to be the trans women and they're just like if you if you don't like accept that this is just the the way things are going to be we're going to have to do something about it and it's like yeah yeah that was, that was awfully gentle and feminine of you but yet the women are the ones who sit and take it right like what woman is going to encroach on a male sport what woman's going to be like hey i'm a trans man and now you have to let me into the nba you know why they wouldn't do that? Because they don't want the snot beaten out of them. They don't want to have to do the physical exercise and keep up with them. And they don't want to have to lift the weights that they do. Why and wouldn't a trans man enter? Wouldn't be able to. They, f- they, they physically would not be able to. Why, would a trans, why wouldn't a trans man enter the U- UFC? Huh? Why don't you go? You, get use the men- you wouldn't get in. Why don't you go to the men's bathroom? But trans women are like, no, I'm going to change here because I said so. Like, all of a sudden, every masculine freaking attribute of them comes out when they don't get their way. You know, I've seen, like, a trans woman, like, choke like choke somebody at a freaking rally. And so I'm just like, what is it about women? Because, like, I know that not all women are scrubs, you know? And we're not all, pa- we're not all passive. We are not all passive. Mm-hmm. But he brought up this great, this great, um, this, uh, great instance as to what happened two weeks ago three weeks ago um with bud light budweiser whatever have you the beer that sucks um and what happened with dylan mulvaney who also now is the face of mac if you didn't know and um how 
you know, um, the blue collar, maybe white males were like, I don't think so when it came to Bud Light, right? They're like, you're not representing us. You can pack that up and then return it back to sender, right? And now, you know, the VP of marketing is fired and all stuff, took a leave of absence. I'm air quoting. Um, so, but yet, like, where was our uproar? I know we spent like a good 10 minutes. Please listen to episode two when you get a chance because it was a brilliant episode as they all are and they will be. But in episode two, we had about a 10, 15 minute tangent about Tampax and how like, well, I'm going to boycott Tampax because obviously I can't trust you to make good products if you don't even know which gender you should be making period products for. Mm-hmm. And but yet, like we didn't as women didn't make a big enough stink with mm-hmm. Tampax because we're just like we're just passive. We were just sitting idly by. We're just like, oh yeah, bad Dylan, don't do that. That's for women. But like the guys with the Bud Light were like, hell no, you ain't taking our beer. Like you know what I mean? Like they just like came up in an uproar. And I'm like, and then again, I I I'm I'm thinking about the trans the trans women who are forcing their way into women's spaces and the women are just like, Oh my gosh, don't do that. But that's the most they can do. I mean, I'm sure people have seen the video that circulated of the trans woman that entered into the UFC entered into the weight category with this UFC fighter and beat the snot out of her. You had no business being in the ring with her, Mm. but they were just forcing their way in. And so, man, let the, let the the awakening happen. Let the uprise happen where women are just standing up for themselves and declare. I mean, women are warriors. Mm-hmm. Women are warriors. I mean, there have been whole tribes of just female women warriors. And so it's not that we can't defend ourselves, but um, and we're not inferior in a sense of like, oh, you know, the, us women, we just need men to defend us like we're capable defending ourselves but we do need to speak i mean going to women's conferences where we're all having to wear like 18 different shades of pink is not going to convince the general public that we have a right and a say about who enters into our space and so um we haven't made a big enough stink and so it plagues me why is it that the women inside and outside of the church like we get so played out like the way that women get roasted by the church like like JL wasn't the one who drove the tent peg. Like Rahab wasn't the one who protected the spies. Like the prostitute was not the one who taught men how to worship. It was a prostitute who taught men how to worship, right? Mm-hmm. They're just like, why is she pouring out oil? Ah, they're so offended. But she taught them how to worship. And Jesus made an example out of her to teach them how to worship. And it wasn't like, like Mary wasn't the one who physically gave birth to the Messiah. But yet women are the one who are like everybody's like, oh, yeah, like Jesus restored the image of a woman and we're not second class citizens anymore. Then stop acting like it. Mm-hmm. Why, why don't we just why don't why don't we have instances at our women's conferences where we're throwing axes? I want to throw an axe. Why don't we go shoot in clay? I want to shoot a shotgun. Like, why does it have to be we got to sit around a table full of a floral arrangement and drink awful Earl Grey tea? I don't want to drink Earl Grey tea. I hate Earl Grey tea. I mean, it's not terrible, but I just, I, I don't want to be going, I could drink Earl Grey at home, but um, no, instead, like, but the personific, and, and then also, ultimately, hello, okay, 
I think Brian Simmons says this sometimes. I know definitely Coco, like um, Winnie Coco Banoff will, will also like toots this. But Brian Simmons always reminds everyone that Jesus is not coming back for a husband. He's coming back for a bride. Okay. Out of all of the things that Jesus had to, decided to correlate the church to, the, the personification of the church is the bride. But yet we just sleep on women. And we are not doing ourselves any service by doing these lesser than events, having these lesser than um, ministries with these lesser than theology. I mean, I all I just about fell out of my chair when I went to a women's meeting at my church. And this girl was, this woman was preaching Romans 7, preaching Romans 7. Yeah, just sometimes you're going to do what you don't want to do, even when you don't want to do it. You can't control it. It's just, you, you're just, you're just carnal. You're a slave to sin. It's just all and, you are. And yet you have the mind of Christ. Make it Somehow, make sense. Somehow, somewhere in there, somewhere in there, you have the mind of Christ. But just so you know, yeah, it's like the sin and you need a cell out. Oh, and, and, so, oh, and you can't control it. But the Lord is a spirit of fear, but a power of love and of self-control. Well, apparently the self-control is only for eating. Only for, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's when they talk about self-control. All of a sudden, all of a sudden they preach self-control. But when it comes to sin, self-control is not a thing. It's not a fruit. Ironically, but, I have more self-control when it comes to sin than eating. Praise me. <laughs> Praise be. Praise be. But anyway, I mean, that's just my thought process when it comes to women and these ministries. And they're not all like that, okay? I will be, I will, <laughs> I will toot Bethel's horn until Jesus returns. But I know Bethel definitely, like, will they just kill it at the game because, like, they just preach. I mean, they have incredible leaders there. Some other churches have incredible. I mean, at my church, we have incredible apostolic women, incredible prophetic women. Um, I don't listen to all of Bethel's women's messages, but I've listened to some of them, and it's a solid gospel. But they're not all like that. And like you, you turn like women's conferences into a red carpet and like, it's all about your outfit and what you can portray. And then you sit there and you just feast on bad theology, just enough to get you crying. And then you, you leave feeling just enough saved, like, oh, thank God for his grace, but I'm worthless. And then you go back home and you feel worthless because your husband didn't take care of the three-year-old because he pooped in his diaper two hours ago and never changed him. And you still have to make dinner. So... It's, it's sad to me that of the like women's conferences that I can think of, I can name three that I can actually stand behind that I've ever heard of and that the rest of them give me so much secondhand embarrassment. Um, I think that there's something we do need to, I want to circle back to this, what you, you were saying about the conferences putting on this like we're wearing the pink we have the flowers we got the tea the reason why men can pretend to be women and put on femininity as a costume is because we made it a caricature of what it is to be a woman we don't know right. what a woman is yeah. we, like women who know that their chromosomes make them a woman, do not know what healthy femininity looks like. We don't know what it looks like to be confrontational in a healthy way. And yeah. so much of this does have to do with our own societies and then the church bowing to that about how women 
who are either passive or passive aggressive are seen as feminine and that is appropriate behavior. But yet when I am confrontational in the South, I'm the problem. When Mm -hmm. they're the ones who are being totally fine to my face and talking shit behind my back. Right. It's, 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 what was, there was a phrase Coco used um, in class was um, from one of the Bible translations about like pretenders. It was like pretenders of um, how the law was like a pretending. I forget the, the phrasing of it. And I put in the chat, like, what translation is this? But it was like the probably the message. It was something about pretending in your in being saved. It mm. was a front. And that's exactly what passivity and passive aggressiveness is. It's a front. It's fake obedience. Right. Because real obedience looks like confronting truth in love. Right. We don't have that many examples of women doing this well. We have examples of men being confrontational and sometimes aggressive, but more often we see men being healthy at confrontation. And then we see women being very, very sweet and very, very fake. And then saying the real problem to the person who can do nothing about that problem. Right. So if, if we want, if, if you, I mean, if we want men to stop pretending to be us, we need to know who we are. We need to. And if we want to stop being so pathetic, we're going to have to repent for where we have partnered with what the world and society and the church has said, this is okay and this is feminine and what is actually scriptural and what is obedience. Yeah. And obedience that goes further than just how we interact and confront and do relationship. But what does a life with the Lord look like? And he asks women to take just as scary risks. Yes. um, And to be just as bold and to do things that are just as big for the kingdom Mm -hmm. as he asks men to do. Mm-hmm. And we should have more examples of that than people like Catherine Coleman and Maria Woodworth Etter. We should have Oof. far more examples because many are called, but few are chosen. That chosen mm-hmm. has to do with us. Mm-hmm. More men have said yes, and that's why we have more great examples. Yes. But we have to say yes. What does that say about our obedience? Right. As women, overall, throughout history, that Instead of being obedient to God, we've bowed to fear of man. Yes. We can't do that anymore. Yeah. And us Westerners, we should actually be leading the way in that where there's so much more freedom here. Um, even in gender, like let alone like race and um ethnicity, your age, like gender alone. We have so much more freedom in the West than they do in the East. And so we should actually be leading the way and should be setting examples for the women in the East. But yet, um, in a way, we are, the reason why it's so easy to play the role of a woman 
is because women ourselves are cosplaying as women. We're playing our own role. Like I have to play the Susie homemaker. I have to play. That may not even be your nature, but I have to play this role. Oh, I have to play the damsel in distress. Oh, I'm going to I'm going to play the dumb blonde. Like it's all of these roles that you play and you fulfill. And then men who are either sick in the head or confused, they're just like, oh, I could do that. I could do that. I could I could like we're so like um, predictable and it's so easy to, to cosplay as us because we gave them a role to play. Mm-hmm. Who looks at a Middle Eastern woman covered from head to toe and goes, I want to be a woman. Mm. Who, who looks at them and says that stays she stays at home she tends to the kids she makes sure there's food on the table she's seen and not heard at sometimes who looks at an eastern woman and goes i want to be her i mean now granted not every culture is the same i'm not saying that's all eastern women but i'm saying that like but we westerners had like totally demoralized what it looks like to be a woman to be a god-fearing woman where we have the culture the the Catherine Coleman's the Amy Simple McPherson's like you know I remember back in the back in the beginning of the year maybe the end of the year I had a Facebook friend who wrote a status and was like hey who are some like fiery like women preachers who preach the finished work and like the comment section was like, oh, we're raising them up right now. Oh, 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 give me a second. I'll think of one. Oh, uh, da, da, da. And I was like, boom, I can name you at least three. I can name you at least three. And I was like, boom, boom, boom. Because I know and I keep in community with those women. But it was like almost disheartening. Like I'm laughing as I'm scrolling. I'm like, you guys don't know any women who preach the gospel, who preach the finished work. It's, it's scary. Um, And so, ugh. And so um, I just was like, why have we correlated the, um, it's almost like we we have correlated this inferiority complex on women and it mirrors what it looks like in the church. And it has, of course, greatly progressed. I want to say maybe back in the 2000s, it was like, I was not seeing women preach in the pulpit. I was dating a guy who was like completely okay with me. Like I thought I was just called to be a wife and a mother. So I was like, I was leading worship at the time and he was a guitarist. He was great at what he did. I was great at what I did, but I knew that when we got married, I was going to be the woman who stayed home and raised the kids. I was going to forsake everything that I was passionate about the gospel, leading worship, all that stuff, because I'm supposed to be a wife and a mother. Cause that, that's what I saw in my church. So I was like, well, I'm just going to leave it all behind. Because I'm going to pop out babies. And so, and everybody was okay with it because you never, the only time you, you heard a woman preach at my church, and I was Assemblies of God. The only time you, the only time you heard a woman preach at my church was Mother's Day. And it was barely a message. And so we have greatly progressed though, because we have so many amazing female leaders. I mean, I rarely even listen to female leaders. I, I, I rarely had anybody to listen to growing up where I saw um, examples, but now there's so many and praise God that there are so many, but you know, the feminists are the ones who kind of screwed us into this position of overworking ourselves. And now they're nowhere to be found now that men are crawling into our space. I, I think the, the sad thing is 
misogyny is the father of feminism. Yes. And then feminism then will destroy men. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, but men created this problem, unfortunately. And I think, you know, why we have so much trouble coming up from under it. um, And I really did not see this before I moved to the South. Like when I was living Mm -hmm. in New York, I've never, I've never lived anywhere that wasn't a very liberal place up until now, just as a history for our viewers, Boston, New York, LA, these were the places I had experience with. And I never experienced like blatant misogyny before. And I never understood why women would be so angry feminist. It didn't make any sense to me. I was like, what's the big deal? They just seem like they're trying to live. And sometimes they they would be awful, but it would just be, you couldn't always chalk it up to misogyny. You could, you could find a way where it's like, oh, it's this person's particular personal wound or it's this person's particular family and upbringing. It was never like an across the board, this affects everybody the same until Mm -hmm. I moved to the South. And I saw for the first time, like, oh my God, this is how feminism happened. If I had experienced this growing up, if I had experienced that at all in any of my formative years or young adult years, I would be a raging feminist because Mm. women are silenced. They are devalued. They are not heard out. Their words and wisdom are not honored. Yeah. And I, I think, and I don't know if, if any men have actually ever collectively done this, but I really wonder what would happen in the spiritual realm if some men with authority genuinely repented from their heart for the way that they saw and treated women mm-hmm. and what that would do to the feminist agenda. And in turn, if if that warmed the feminist's heart and they were able to also repent for their dishonoring of men, what that would do to the gay community and the trans agenda. Mm-hmm. Because without that animosity between men and women, we would not have people so ready to switch teams or so ready to be into somebody of the same gender. Because really like when, especially when women are into other women, it's because they hate men. It's not because they, they just aren't attractive. It's because they hate them. Yes. And so if, if we actually had peace between just the males and the females would eradicate the majority of these problems. Mm -hmm. And I kind of, I don't think, to be honest, I'm not sure anybody who actually is in the South and has partnered with this mentality, maybe even made it this far into the podcast. But let me tell you, if you have not been allowing women to preach or you've not agreed with women preaching to anyone other than women, meaning they cannot be on a pulpit speaking to men, if you've done anything of that, if you have listened to the words and wisdom of men more with more weight than you have of the words and wisdom of women, One, you have created a world around you where the only women who can survive are those who have partnered with a Jezebel spirit, number Mm -hmm. one. And number two, you really, really need to repent. Please, for the love of God, (laughs) repent. 
for what you have done because you've created a horrible scenario around you, an awful atmosphere, and one where you've tied the hands of God with who he's allowed to operate through. Correct. Yeah. I mean, speaking of, speaking of our father, um, we were made in the image of him. And so to disgrace us is to, to, to disgrace the image of God. We were made in the image of him, man and woman. And so um, who are we to choose? Like, who gets to have more reign? You know, the dominion that was sowed back into us because of Christ was given back to us equally. And we have roles to play, okay? Men, women. But um, we so easily just got it. We got it crossed. And of course, there's a lot more than just it's. Yeah, we know it's not as it's not as simple as saying, oh, because we have a distorted reality. We have it's a lot more than just saying we have a distorted view of um, the opposite gender. I know a lot more comes into play, like sexual misconduct, molestation, rape. I know all that stuff comes into play. Um but most of it has come because of the distorted view that we have had on the opposite gender, both men and women. Um, ultimately, what really needs to get eradicated is is women's ministry. I mean, God, we should just be like having just so much more fun than we do. Um, I should not like puke at the thought of going to one. I mean, I did go to one at my my home church. And um, I think it was just called Ladies Night. It was great. They turned up to like 70s music. It was great. It was cool. All that stuff. A little weepy, a little strivey towards the end. And it's whatever. Like, but um, it was like great. Like just what you're talking about with the condescending is just like so much of women's events are just so talking (laughs) down to them. And they're just like, how are they supposed to be holding their heads up high? And of course after having this conversation and especially as Jamie even said, if you are living in the South and you even made it this far um, (laughs) and you have questions or questions or comments and concerns, whatever, sure. Comment, like come to our YouTube, leave a comment. I know you're going to drop all the, the, the usual uh, women in ministry verses about why women, about why air quoting here, women shouldn't be in ministry and 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 air quote but um we would love to have a dialogue and maybe if this is something that you want us that you want us to elaborate more on i would love to just do an episode on women mm-hmm. um but it's just because of the season that we're in with all the women's events coming up and i think too if you are genuinely wanting to have this conversation and not just quote some verses and leave. If you are Mm -hmm. willing for a discourse, we will absolutely put resources. I have a few books by scholars who um, deal with the specifics of the verses that people use as defense of why women should not be speaking or in ministry. I'm happy to give you those resources. If you're genuinely curious, you will read them. If you are not and you just want to be right, you will leave verses and then you will not respond. Right. But we're not here to have a 
one-sided conversation. And if you're commenting, you're, you're saying you're not either. So if you're just, if you're actually not interested in having the conversation, don't speak (laughs) (laughs) anyone ever. Um, but if you are interested in having the conversation, we have resources, we have reasons why we believe the way we believe. Yeah. And we're happy to share. And we're happy to share. And we'll just drop it at that. Well, we are trying to be better at um, (laughs) our time accumulation of episodes because it's so easy. As we told you in the beginning, these are phone conversations turned podcasts. And so I exaggerate you not when I tell you that we are bringing our five-hour conversations and we're putting them in front of a camera. And five hours is maybe... I'm I'm ju- being generous here, okay? Like we have been on the phone for hours on straight. And so um we we we're going to end the show with one of two segments and Jamie I'm going to let you pick um because we have to cap it under a little two there. Um we still have word of the day and get it together. And whatever we don't do this episode, we'll do it next episode. But um I have a feeling since we're so close to the two hour mark and word of the day will really we had a good time. word I mean, of the I'm day. Talk about the Texas receptus and word of the day. Yeah. So yeah. Maybe we do get it together. Yeah. We, uh, yeah. Yeah. I know that that was going to be a long segment because we we're going to get down and dirty in that word. I have in that word four Bibles open about it. And you yeah, could- I was ready. <laughs> I was ready. Actually, yeah, it's all spread out on my bed, including my, including my, yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, uh, I still have my, I have my William Barkley here, Galatians, Ephesians. Lime green, yellow. Can't wait to own one of my own copies. Yes. And my, my NT right on Hebrews. Ugh. Oh, I do like Girl. NT. Girl. Okay. So we'll do get it together. And um, we'll do get we'll do the word of the day and then maybe another get it together next next episode. But we'll do get it together and um, word of the day will be the next episode. So get it together. Okay, so my get it together is um, a brief a brief summary of get it together it's our healthy rant session again you might think that this whole episode is a healthy rant and to that i say you have seen nothing yet get it together is our rant where we're just like calling things into alignment where we're just like ayo blah 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 fill in the blank get it together which was a phrase that was coined by jamie may have been because of her time in charlotte but here we are and now we have get it together and so my get it together um is on progressive Christianity, which I like to just call make-believe. Um, <laughs> progressive Christianity is just make-believe. Um, they think they're progressing, but actually they're regressing. And it's not helpful to anybody because you live in your own reality. 
and um, alternate reality were alternate realities work for meta it may work for vr doesn't work for the gospel and so um you need to align yourself with truth there's only one truth jesus said i'm the way the truth and the life and he actually had to say there's no other way to the father except through me and it's crazy how in 2023 jesus says this about three you know three thousand years ago and in 2023 we're still wrestling with truths that are non-negotiables in his word um as i said before about the gospel it's not jesus and it's not jesus but it's not Jesus dot dot dot. It is Christ and Him crucified. And so progressive Christianity just wants to add these elements as if we've never heard these things before. And um, if you are dabbling into progressive Christianity because you're just like, this is the Christ that they never preach in churches. Do you know why this is the Christ they never preach in churches? Because the Christ that they're preaching to you does not exist. There is only one Christ. And um, if you have been dabbling into progressive Christianity, I will just um I would just encourage you to read the book of Galatians and that's that's all I have to say about that. Progressive Christianity, get it together. I'll tell you what my get it together is. Um I don't know if you saw um Sophia Richie recently got married. I need to look up how old this man is because I am really tired of people just, I, if if someone's within a legal age limit, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say you're in the wrong, but I think that we have, I've never really seen a big age gap Mm -hmm. that the Lord said, yes, I did that. Um, do you see his age? I'm I'm trying to figure that now out now, but she she did previously date Scott Disick, and I'm just a little bit tired of people who look so prepubescent getting married to much older men. <laughs> I just keep seeing it like everywhere. It's just it's giving. I was sexually abused, which unfortunately Correct. probably the bulk of these people are. Um, Considering that her father is very influential in the industry. Yeah. And Elliot is a um, British. Never trust a British person. I I could go on, but I'm not going to. But I'm just going to tell you, red flag the Brits. He's a, a British record executive. He's 29. That's actually not that bad. He's 20. That's not he just bad. looks awful because men don't take care of their skin. Disclaimer, um, we do love you, Brits. For those who... We I do don't. love you. Speak for yourself. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> we do love you. We have broken free from your tyrannical ruling, but we love you. I'm. You know what? I will say this about the Brits. Even they think their monarchy is nuts. See, that sounds terrible. You are capable of, you know, um, finding a positive thing to say about the Brits. Now, I will say this. You had just about that much energy for the French until you went to France. And so maybe. I've already been to to the UK, though. It made me dislike them. I didn't actually go in not liking them. I went. I'm, I'm changing my get it together. Edit my first one out. It doesn't matter. What does matter is. 
British people. I went into France with preconceived notions. I, I encountered the French and I realized that actually they're sort of endearing. I don't agree with everything they do, but there's a lot of good about them. I went into the UK not having any like hatred or any kind of judgment in my heart towards them. And I found out that they're actually, they kind of remind me a bit of Southerners, except for like (laughs) ruder and more repressed. That's all I have to say about the Brits for right now. And honestly, I have to say, I can't even tell you why I, I get such an ick from Sophia's marriage. I'm just telling you, like, it just doesn't sit right with me. I don't know why. They're Possibly. They're not big of a deal. Like, it's nothing compared to her with Scott. Um, It just gives me the ick. I just, you know what, it, what the ick is for me is couples who shouldn't happen, whether they're celebrities or whether they're people in your church down the street and they marry the wrong person and you can tell because it sits so wrong in your spirit. I'm tired yes. of people marrying the wrong person. This is my real, this is my real get it together. When you marry the wrong person, you're basically keeping someone else from their kingdom spouse and true. you from yours. And when you keep yourself from your kingdom spouse, then the Lord has to get a new kingdom spouse for them. And then a lot of times what happens is their marriage is delayed because of your disobedience. So not Oof. only are you delaying your kingdom spouse, you're delaying your spouse's kingdom spouse and their spouse. So if you, you do you're that, affecting knowing, like four people, you're, you're hurting, you're hurting four people, including yourself and future generations. And I'm really tired of people acting like, Oh, if we get along and we um, have the same values that like, we'll make it work. But marriage is not just about enjoying the other person. It's not just about you and your like feelings. It's about your call together. Yes. And I will say, I've also seen this, the Lord's selection ruined by people's disobedience. If that's the case, it's not your fault. Someone else is disobedient. Do not be yoked to a disobedient person. Do what not a- be yoked to a disobedient person. Even if the Lord said like, this is, this is your man's, this is your girl. If they're being disobedient, no longer applies. You're in it for the rest of your life. If you're yoked to a disobedient person. But what I will say is take, and, and this could, this could but simply put, take into consideration not just your soul and not just your flesh, but your spirit. Yes. These all three should be in unison. And I've seen many marriages, especially in the church, that are held together by an attraction and an emotional connection. You only have your soul and your flesh and your spirit is not excited. And you know what happens? It's a lot harder to fulfill your call when you don't have your kingdom partner with you. So I'm tired of people marrying the wrong person and then everybody applauding them, whether it's Sophia or whether it's people at church, especially within the body of Christ. We have no reason to be doing this. The spirit of God within us. Stop marrying the wrong people. Stop being selfish. Stop being fearful about having to wait too long to get married. Stop that. You're ruining people's lives. Get it together. Get it together.
Stop that. You're ruining people's lives. Get it together. Get it together. Get it together. See, now, that was technically three in one. I'm not mad about it. It's just I'm amazed that you were able to fit in three get it togethers. Um, I don't think I'm editing any of that because they should all stay in. Sort but. of, <laughs> actually. <laughs> I don't know. I think I may have liked the last one the most. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks for jumping on in. Thanks for being happy and holy with us. Until next time, you know where to find us. Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, any place that a podcast is, there we will be. Just be sure to like and subscribe. Share the link. Follow us on Instagram. Until next time, stay happy and be holy.